Hello and welcome to the Get French Football News preview show with me, Lewis McParlin. In this first episode of the new Ligue 1 season, we'll be discussing some of the international action as France eventually trolled to a 4-2 win over Croatia. And we'll also have a look at some of the Ligue 1 action which happened this week and is going to be happening this weekend. Obviously, starting with PSG as they travelled to the league's new boys, Lance. And of course, we'll also set our sights forward to the Classique, as well as Angers versus Rams. With me today, I have GFFN contributors, Thomas Wiseman and Eric Devin, but enough of their names. The big match, the big headline that's just came out of France, Lance versus PSG, the home side, the newly promoted team, even though they've got a good bit of history in France, winning 1-0 against the champions, Eric talk to me. PSG a couple of weeks ago where we're in a Champions League final vying to be the best team in Europe and some would say the world and now they're losing on the first day of the season. How, how does it come to that? Well, I think it comes down to COVID-19 when you've got your third choice goalkeeper, your entire front four missing. Uh, Julian Draxler was a late scratch as well. Uh, yeah, it's just Thomas Tuchel and his side were really, really had a lack of attacking options uh, and as such they were forced to try out a very, very young team, who admittedly did all right, the the two teenagers that they included there, uh, Kelly Mendo and Ruiz Adel, uh, I, I think did all right. But I think on the whole, it's, you know, going into a, a place like the Stad, Stad Belair Dice, um, it's going to be tough. It's a tough atmosphere, even with only 5,000 fans. And it's an atmosphere that I'm glad is back in League and I hope that, you know, uh, health conditions willing, we can get back to seeing it at its fullest. But I think, yeah, it was just a matter of perhaps uh, not having enough enough in attack to to create chances. Uh, it could have been more for Lens. Uh, there was a chance against the woodwork uh, as well. So I, I think that, uh, yeah, it's just a matter of a lack of options for Thomas Tuchel. And, you know, for those players who were playing, you know, you look at a, a Ghana Gay, you know, hadn't really, really featured that much in the Champions League, uh, was really getting back in. Getting back into the swing of things, you had uh, Lavern Curzo played out of position. Um, yeah, I, I think that it was just, you know, not inevitable, but not unsurprising at the same time. But, you know, I think we're maybe being a little bit nice on PSG here. I mean, they are the champions, you know, this team with all the money and they're playing against the the boys who came up from League 2 last season. And even though they had a bit of a, a ravaged squad, you know, they still had a lot of first-teamers in there. Verratti, Gay, Herrera, Kujawa, Kader, Kempembe, Bernat, to name a few. Do you know, I think we're being a bit nicer to them. And they've also had Sarabia up front, who obviously might not have played loads in the Champions League um, trail, but in the league for the last season, he was very impressive at times. I mean, there is something to that, but I also think that Lance are missing players too, I and mean, their record signing Seiko Fofana is, is not yet fit. Uh, having played through the summer in Syria, uh, they're also missing uh, Jonathan Klaus, who was a, a summer signing who was affected by by COVID. I, I can't remember if he was on the bench today or not, but I, I think that Lens were not at their best either. They they had uh, Florian Sotoko, their leading scorer, only only off the bench today as well. So, you know, yes and no. I, I think that Lens have showed have really shown a lot. I think going back to that season opening match against. Nice, they're going to be a handful for anybody. They they play with a lot of width and they play with a lot of aggression and dynamism. Uh, you know, we had obviously the goal from McDash is going to go today, but I, I think he's going to be a handful whether he scores or not. His physicality, his energy, his drive, his his touch is a really top level. And I think that whether it's Satoka or or Banza who ends up being his partner on a regular basis through, 
through the season. I think that he's really a player with a lot of potential who Nismo may well regret letting go. Yeah, is this going to be quite an exciting opportunity for Ganago? Because obviously he came through at Nice, he's been given chances here and there, but I would never really say that he was for a long stretch of time their, you know, their their top striker or winger or attacker. He was never given that real starting berth at Nice for an extended period of time. So do you think this opportunity going to Lens, starting pretty well against PSG the season, relatively speaking, I think this is just a big opportunity for him. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's true. I think we have to realize too that Ganago's game is not Ganago's game. I mean, he's five nine, five ten. Not a, not an aerial presence, but he is very powerful physically. Mm-hmm. And I think that we have to look at this player as having been used out of position. Nice last year were playing a four three three. So Ganago more often when he started was played wide on the left. He's not a winger. We saw that today. Uh, it's it's his it's his hold up play, his physicality, his willing to nip at the heels of opposing defenses. It's going to get things done. So if you're playing him as a winger, especially with without Nice really having a lot of quality going forward in terms of their left backs, you're asking him to facilitate the attack. I don't think that that was the best use of him by Patrick Vieira last season. Yeah. So I think that that's that's what we're seeing here is that Ganago is getting a chance to work with a more either a, a more pacey striker, whether it's Bonza or a more physically powerful striker with it's Satoka uh, to work in a partnership, working off of that player and being, being someone who can, you know, as he did today, as he did tonight, you know, pounce on a loose pass from a goalkeeper or a central defender and make opposition defenses pay as a result of his hard work and his graft, uh, not necessarily through his physical gra- physical gifts, as you might think, you know, a more traditional central striker may. So Eric, you don't think people should overreact or panic too much about this result? I mean, you know, if they get hammered 5-0 on Sunday, maybe then it's time to think. With players coming back, I mean, we're going we're gonna to assume, I would guess Neymar, Neymar is back. Um, and I think other players, it remains to be seen who comes back at, out of that. Th- those missing seven or eight players, uh, Marquinhos is also missing today. I, I think that, um, yeah, it just remains to be seen. I, I don't. I think that this is absolutely an overreaction. It's a challenging atmosphere to play in under the best conditions. And um, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens come Sunday. And, you know, there's, there's also their match against Mess uh, next midweek who, who, you know, Mess who we know can be a, a challenging and, and, and physically imposing side as well. So, you know, if we're looking at PSG having say one point after the first three matches with their full complement of players back, then I think we might start to think, well, you know, what sort of season is really in the cards here? I mean, you know, how well have they bought? Um, what do they need? Uh, because at that point, there there will still be time left in the transfer window them for, to address any any needs. I mean, they've been linked with the likes of Bellerin, uh, Matteo Guendouzi. Sorry, Arsenal fans. But um, I, I think there may be some needs to address uh, potentially coming forward is, you know, right back, I think, stands out uh, as well. I mean, Levin Kurzawa for all his prowess going forward and he had, he had some decent moments tonight uh it's certainly not the long-term answer in that position so you know what leonardo needs to do to get this team to improve i think this is this you know functions perhaps as a wake-up call and obviously another central striker regardless of what ends up happening with that eric maxim promoting as well so certainly some questions to be answered for psg but i don't think it's panic stations by any means 
Uh, okay, and Eric, you saw this match. So, so tonight, what was your opinion of Lance? Was this was this the was this a win off the back of Lance's quality, or was it more of PSG's lack of quality in in their squad? You know, how did this one come about? Do, do are Lon deserving of a lot of credit in this one? Yeah, I mean, again, like I said, Lance were, were missing players. Uh, Jonathan Klaus didn't start. Uh, Seiko Fofana is still not fit. Again, this is a club record signing. A very impressive player who, you know, we know from his previous spell in Liga, but who was really impressive for Udinese last season. In Serie A, he'll be one of that midfield too, behind Kakuda, likely partnering Decore long term. So playing with width, playing with uh, a lot of high pressing and physical intensity from those front two and even three, if you want to add Kakuda in there, I think, yeah, you know, and having Kakuda as well hit the post. Again, this could have been a more definitive scoreline. I think that there's still perhaps some questions over Facundo Medina and his his role on the left side of that back three. I think that there's still some positional kinks to be worked out as regards as regards his ability. So I think that yeah, this was a fair result, but let's be real, it could have been more impressive from Lawn's perspective. So Thomas, this is a great uh, result for for Lawn's, you know, early in their season to kind of get the wind in their sails. What do you think the What do you think the expectations will be now from Lawn's and the, and the coaching staff and the squad going in from this? Do you think okay, we'll just beat PSG, albeit a PSG team with its issues, but you know, it's still a team that was going for the Champions League final a couple of weeks ago. Do you think that'll give them a, a good boost going into the, these next few weeks of the season? And Thomas, if they get that momentum in their sails, where could this Lawn's team? end up this season a lot of questions um it's it's i think the the performances that that lawns have produced so far sort of reflect um and a really a real improvement i'd say in the overall quality of the league especially with the promoted clubs um in comparison to previous seasons i mean we've got lauren looking really exciting um and lawns that were sort of should have got promoted a couple of seasons ago, to be honest, um, from Leeds. Um, but I think overall these two these two clubs will will want to, to stay in the league. I think that's the first first case, the first option uh, they should be taking. And they really both have uh, a good chance to, to do it. They both have really good um, talent coming through. But also it's really nice to see you know, veterans come back. You know, Kawasaki is is 35, 36. Uh, it's nice to see him back in the in the league. I'm sure he'll pick up a few red cards, as always, to increase his tally. Um, and then you've got so many young talents like um, Lloyd Bade, who I thought was really, really good um, tonight. Uh, on Lawrence's side, you've got you know such a great attacking lineup. You've got uh, Johan Visser. Um, Quentin uh, Boygaard, and then you've got Fabian Lomois, who is another veteran. Um, it's it's just funny how um, a lot of clubs, uh, a lot of these middling clubs, have one or two people that have been there and done that, and and um, it really does show when a club stays up successfully, they usually have one or two two of these these people there, um, and then obviously a, a good pool of talent as well. And especially when when teams get promoted, sometimes it can be a, a, an issue of seeing how many goals you can not concede, as opposed to you know going and scoring up the other end. You know you can see sometimes in any league teams getting promoted and then they 
kind of turn into the battering rams for every other team in the league. But tonight, I thought, obviously, they, they kept the clean sheet. But like you were saying about Lloyd Baddy, but I also thought Fisundo Medina, who recently joined in the summer, and also Asiaga Sella at left wing back, who joined from Toulouse, someone I really liked at Toulouse last season. I thought there was a lot of steel in that back line. And, of course, with, with Leica and goal kind of shepherding it all, that's got to give the whole team a bit of confidence, Thomas, that they've got that slid stay at the back, even though they are the league's new team you know they're not going to be a team that if they can keep this up are going to be conceding three four five every week yeah i think that's true um i mean they haven't really been testers of yet i remember the the nice game they played they nice really didn't do even though they won didn't really um threaten them too much so it'll be interesting to see as we progress further into the season how much this this defense is is tested i'm not sure about lecker to be honest um but i think they've signed a um I can't remember his name, but a keeper from South America. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they obviously can see that's that could be an issue that they've they've clearly tried to strengthen in. Um so yeah, I think like you said, you know, a strong strong defence really does do wonders for, for any promoted side. Mm. And and lastly, just on Lance, do you think that they have the potential to kind of follow suit? Um, and a team that actually rhymes with them, though I say it aloud, Ramps. How they, you know, they've come up from League Two, did well uh, the season that they came up, and then last season got themselves into Europe, and now where everyone's talking about Rams in, in such positive fashions. Do you think this Lons team have the potential to kind of follow their structure and the way that they've kind of gone about things since returning to League One? Oh man, um, I'd, I'd like to say yes. Um, but there is a lot of strong, strong teams in the in the league this year, um, and it's always nice to think, with all these players they have, that they go on a, a run and, and and push for, um, sort of, um, sort of play around with the idea of Europa League. But I think for now, let's just keep our uh, our feet on the ground, and and they should probably be just aiming for. A nice, nice, comfortable position would be really good. Okay, fantastic. Uh, let's go and touch on the national team just for a moment. We've obviously just came out of the international break and France were involved in that. They had two matches, winning both of them. The most recent was a 4-2 victory over Croatia with Griezmann, Upamecano, Giro and a help from an own goal getting France over the line. Eric, in this match they whipped out the 3-4-1-2 the or 3-4-3 formation again, which, you know, wasn't extremely fluid against Sweden but but how do you think the team fared this time getting the 4-2 victory over a very impressive Croatia side Eric? I think that they were better than against Sweden but it's not saying much I don't like this formation um I I think the idea of of playing a two makes sense as 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 Deschamps is going to need to figure out how to develop this team post Giroud, if you will. I, I really don't see him playing past the Euros. So if we see Mbappe as a central striker, uh, the question then has to be who becomes his partner. And I think that for me, the biggest takeaway of this match was we saw that maybe that could be Anthony Marshall. You know, I, again, I, I'd rather see this as... as you know, maybe a four-three-one-two. I, I don't like three at the back. I think the organization was awful. Uh, Upamecano was terrible. Hernandez was terrible. 
Longley was okay. Uh, but, you know, none of those three players for me are of the quality to be starting in a defense for a team that has aspirations of winning the Euros. I, I, you know, I know that um, Veronica and Pembe would be ahead of them, certainly. And their, you know, their other challengers may evince themselves uh, in the near future. But I, I think that, yeah, I think that, yeah, the real takeaway here is how impressive Anthony Marshall was. You know, we saw him come on and, and earn that penalty against Sweden earlier. But I think that he was bright throughout this match. You know, really a lot of great movement. But he also brings, you know, a good level of, of physical strength and and finishing quality as well. You know, you know, I don't think he has necessarily the quality to bring sort of hold-up play that we can see from Giroud, for example. But, you know, in terms of his, his ability to link play with others, I think that's something that's really promising. I think that, you know, over these next two sets of, of Nations League matches uh, in October and November, I think that he deserves a more consistent look as, as Deschamps is probably best served to try to figure out how this attack is going to work. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. The other, other thing I had was I, I don't really have a lot of time for Griezmann playing as, an, as, a, as a nominal number 10. I think that we ought, too often saw him trying to make runs off the shoulder of the last man rather than dropping deep and trying to link play. You know, he's not the, the kind of player who can really knit those passes together. I'm not sure that France really have a player who could even play in that role. As 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 an out and out number ten, I mean, I don't know, you know, Toma Lamar's form has gone off a cliff in the last year. You know, I don't, I think that's too advanced a role for Pogba. You know, I think it's too soon for Awar. I don't think Kamavinga is really the kind of player who can do that either. Do you think Ikone yeah. could fit in there? Sure, um, but I, I'm in terms of next summer, I think that's a little bit too soon for him. Um, so yeah, I, I I think that it was, you know, those two wins are papering over some cracks that, you know, maybe Deschamps made some mistakes. You know, I think Upamecano, you know, okay, yeah, he had a good season in Germany, but I, he's clearly not ready for this level. You know, maybe post-2021 uh, he may be, but, you know, certainly not there. I think certainly playing those three as a back three was, yeah, it, it could have been more. I mean, to ha- for, for Dan Lovren to have that amount of time to bring the ball down and, and pick his shot, it's just, you know... And her, where was Hernandez on that? That was just just awful. Really, really a poor defensive display. You know whether you want to lay all of that on Deschamps in terms of the tactics and personnel, but you ha- but also the individual players. Uh, you know none of those three delivered a performance that was up to the standards that playing for Les Bleus ought to be. <laughs> it was a good it was a good turn and finish though from Lovren. It's got good hips. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so. Uh, Elaborate on Aubameyang, then your opinions on that, because he's a guy who I know he just signed a new contract at Leipzig, but prior to that and even since that, he's been linked with a lot of the top clubs in the world. He was incredible at times in the Champions League pre and post COVID. He's only 21. He's coming in to the France setup. Do, do you think it's all just coming a bit too quickly for him, Eric? No, I I, I think that I I, I don't. I don't know. I don't think that he has necessarily the quality to to do this. I mean, uh, to succeed with the French team. I think that, okay, if we look at him as a right-sided center back and if France are playing a back four, is he going to supplant Varane? I mean, uh, no. I, I don't know. I, he's obviously a more mobile option that makes sense for the right side of a back three. 
you know, in an ideal world if he plays well. But I think long term, you know, he's not he's not a player who's who's going to who's going to make a name for himself, you know, playing playing there. Um, I mean, he is now tied to France. Um, he had, I think he's Guinea-Bissau and maybe, uh, I'm, I'm sorry if I'm blanking on the other country for which he's eligible, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't necessarily see that he does a whole lot well rather besides, you know, being a very active and dynamic defender. Yes. Recovery pace can make up for a lot, but you know, I, I see this team's defensive pairing going forward as being Varane and, and Kimpembe. You know how how one gets beyond that, or maybe Abdou Diallo if he continues to play well for PSG. But how how we get beyond that, I don't you know I don't see, and I, I don't see what role Upamecano has to play in that. So, you know, if we're looking for a right-sided defender that can play in a back three, maybe Jules Koundé makes sense. You know, I know he's still young, but I think he impressed uh, with his time with the um, with the under 21s with Les Espoir. Um yeah, I, I just don't see it for Meccano. I'm 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 sorry. I, there's a there's a he's there's obviously a talented player there, but I I don't I just don't think he has it mentally. Maybe part of it was exhaust is exhausting after this long season, but yeah, I just don't see it for uh, for him at the moment. Mm. So it was Guinea Bissau, by the way. The... Just check for you. Sorry. It was Guinea Bissau, by the way. His lineage is quite interesting, actually. I don't know many other Guinea-Bissau and footballers, though. I don't know what oh, his team, national team. Go, give me, give me the best. Who's the best right. one? Who's their star? Um, well, you know Kasama from, from Rance. He's, he's from Guinea-Bissau. Mm, yes. Has he played for the national team? Yeah. Yeah, on okay, the top, okay. two times. He's good. I like Kasama. He's very good. So Pimacano could be, oh, he could have been playing, have been. instead of the World Cup winners, he could have been playing behind Moreto Kasama. No. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> in another in a parallel universe, maybe. <laughs> in another world, um, uh, Eduardo Camavinga came on in this match to become France's youngest ever player. Eric, d- did he seem shell shocked by the occasion, or or do you think he really stood out uh, despite being so young and stepping into France's midfield? Do you know, do you think he handled the occasion? Without a doubt, yeah. I mean, he played with the same amount of brio and drive and imagination that he does week in and week out in Liga. He even could have scored. I think he was well up for the occasion and looked absolutely excellent. Um, no no two ways about it. I think that's, you know, how that midfield gets sorted going forward, I think is going to be really interesting to see. But I think if we see another strong season from Kamavinga, especially if he plays well in the Champions League, if he continues his progression, it's going to be hard to leave him out of that team. That's starting 11. Um, you know, heading into heading into next summer, especially as he continues to get more experience in Liga, more experience in the Champions League. You know, I know you know we're gonna say he's he's young, and then yes, it's true. But you know, if we look at the things that a young player can accomplish when given the right framework, you know, thinking of Kylian Mbappe in that Monaco title season. Um, you know, I don't think that we should necessarily look at age as being a handicap to what's potentially there for, you know, a player who, you know, has a chance to be, you know, the next young star uh, in world football, as as Adam uh, White so, wrote so eloquently last week in The Guardian for us. Yeah. 
Adam's a good writer as well. He's, he's, you know, he's, he's got good words. Um, Thomas, so with Camavinga, you know, it, it's quite clear that France wanted to get him nailed down, you know, for this national team. I think his lineage comes from Angola. Is that mm-hmm. correct? It was a few, you're I think. Better. Angola. You're much, you're much um, better than me at this. Congo as well, I think. He's got, he's got a bit of blood on him. Um, so, you know, France obviously showed a lot of determination to want to get him kind of tied down, get him into the official set-up. Set up. So, you know, we've talked a lot about his career potentially going forward in a club sense, but in an international sense, you know, he's been put in at age 17. He's, he's been given the backing by the country, given backing by the manager. Is, is this a guy who you're going to go on to see make 100 caps, 100 international caps, 120, 130? Is this just like France's midfield now? They're six, they're eight, wherever you want to place them, locked down for the next seven, eight, nine, ten years. Yeah, I'd say so. I, I, re- <laughs> I, I really wouldn't be surprised if he becomes a regular pretty quickly. Just the, I've, I've, the last time I saw someone in Liga, a, a young player in Liga, this good was Mbappe. Mm. At such a young level. And he's just not phased at all by anything. And he, he walked into that France, um, into that game, and he didn't even look out of place. I mean, the level of talent this this guy has is is phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. Um, as long as he doesn't have any injury issues or or anything like that that could disrupt his his progression, um, I really think that he he could be in that France squad pretty early and, and be there for easily a decade. Hmm. How many caps? Go on, tell me. Does anyone has anyone had two hundred caps for France? Does anyone have two hundred caps for any country? I'm trying to think. I don't... Yeah, probably. There's probably just one or two out there. And obviously it'd be a tough thing to do, but you know, place your bets is, now. What are you thinking? Ram, at least the Rams, the record holder. I think he's at 140 something. Is it? Well, for France or for just every country? For France. For France, okay. Okay, so that'd be some feat to beat him, Thomas. <laughs> yeah, but he's he's. I mean, he's pretty young already, Camavinga. So you never know. He could do it. Hmm. Insane. Uh, okay, Thomas, I'm, I want to keep you on the line because we're talking about your favourite and least favourite uh, team all at the same time. This weekend, Anji versus Rams. You know, go. The leash is off. I'm unbuckling your leash. Go. What, what's happening? What's happening with Anji? I always see your little Twitter fingers <laughs> going on and tell us about this thing. Tell us about that thing. Go. You, you've got. You've got your. You've got your stage. What, what's happening? What? How's the season gone so far? Um, is it? I mean, 2020 has been. Quite a roller coaster to be an Angers supporter. Um, I can't. I think it probably deserves a, a, a whole podcast to talk about what has actually happened at the club. But it has been. I mean, Angers were known as a very stable and um, safe club um, in Ligue 1, and 2020 has just <laughs> thrown a hand grenade into that notion. Um, <laughs> There's been so much, so much going wrong at the club, um, but there's also been some nice, uh, you know, nice actions by players and and whatnot. Um, so they came into the season with a load of mess behind the scenes that's still going on. Um, and the first game against Dijon was fairly comfortable. I mean, Dijon, I think, will probably struggle this season. Um, but there was interesting. There's good play from some players. Um, 
and some of the new signings showed pretty well that they'll they'll be uh, in the squad often. And then the Bordeaux game was disappointing. Um, it was pretty obvious what Bordeaux were going to do on corners. They kept hitting it towards, uh, well, trying to put Bernardoni in danger, and he, he flapped a couple of times, and then their first goal, I think, came from a corner. Um, and Bordeaux just really were so um, confident in, in shutting Andre down, and, and Andre had quite a lot of the ball, just, just couldn't, once they got into the final third, they just couldn't um, produce any good opportunities, really. Um, and it was difficult. I think some of the interplay between the, they, they sort of overplayed it too much sometimes, and, and the interplay that's normally quite um, quite swift between some players just wasn't there. And I think especially even the fitness levels, you know, Andre are known for being a, a team that, that covers a lot of ground. Um, they were sort of waning towards the end of the Dijon game and the and the Bordeaux game. So hopefully that'll come in time. But I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd hope that the, the, the squad isn't affected by what's going on off the pitch. And I think... At Angers, I'm more confident than I would be if I was a supporter of a different club in Liga, and because there's such a strong core of players there, and a manager that's been there, he's in his tenth seasons now. He's in his tenth season, and he knows he's proved it time and time again. He knows how to motivate these players and get them um, performing well. So, yeah, but I think the the main story of Angers is is kind of off the pitch, um, which has been, I mean, a fireball. Do, yeah, do, do you think the whole thing with Piku that even like started pre-COVID is still kind of rumbling on? Oh and the yeah, whole, it, the whole it was, like what that begun. Yeah, well, it was yesterday actually. They came out of um, their first. Um, he came out of court yesterday, with the first, and it's going to be uh, they're going back in April, um, and there wasn't any sort of uh, reconciliation found. <laughs> the apparently, Andre didn't the well the the opposition to Piku didn't um, justify why he was dismissed. And I think it was interesting that before the, before he even walked into the, the building, there were um, Andre supporters outside with a, a banner that said something like um, Piku's the strong man of, of Andre or something like that. And I think <laughs> Shaban is, is definitely the, the president Shaban is, is definitely the, the enemy back for for a lot of supporters um that have sort of turned against him um and it seems like it always seemed like it was a an ego battle between the two people and um sort of who's got the power at the club and you know eventually Shaban kicked Pico out and now he's even though he, he said quote unquote he was stepping stepping back from his role <laughs> it seems like He's just as ever present um, as he previously was. Um, he's still very heavily involved in transfers, negotiating, and he's still at the club and the offices working um, most days. And yeah, um, it's a bit of a <laughs> bit of a, a crazy mess, <laughs> but one that I'd hope wouldn't affect the the performances on the pitch. Hmm. Do you think Andre will probably be one of the teams more thankful that they're playing in front of no no audience, no crowd or a, a lessened crowd at the moment because they won't be having people doing protests in the stands and, and putting hmm. out their messages? 
Maybe, but I think the 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 fans and the supporters are all behind the all behind the team and the and the players and move on. It's just uh, you know the person up in the up in the stands that they aren't happy with at the moment. But mm. I mean, just before we came on air, um, some good news is that um, Angelo Fulgini has extended his contract um, for two more years at the club. So hopefully this is. I mean, his first two games were, were fairly poor from by his standards. Um, this could really be his breakout season um, if he if he does get into some really good form. And, and the only problem he really had was was his end product and finding the, the final pass or final decision wasn't there. Um, but if he if he sort of gets that right, he could be a really really good asset for the, for the club. So at least some some good news. So, so on the pitch, then, do you think things are a bit more stable? Obviously, a lot of the news on the pitch with Andre has been, where's Santa Maria going to go? You know, mm-hmm. he, as many people know, he's—I I don't think you'll disagree in saying he's the heartbeat of Andre on the pitch. You know, kind of mm-hmm. makes things click. Uh, he could go. He's been linked with Freiburg, which is, you know, we've, we've talked about this before, but it's an absolute. I don't know how he's only on no disrespect to Freiburg, but I don't understand how there's not a, a list of suitors coming for him um, and a couple other players, to be honest, from Liga. But uh, he's one of the big ones, you know, how he's not having a big line of suitors. He could go. Um, I Nuri could also go, or he could maybe stay for another season and, and develop a little bit. But you know, he's yeah. been linked away. But even in in lieu of this, do you still think Onji have what it takes? You know, with their big signing, Luis Dione gonna be <laughs> gonna be leading the line. Thomas, come on, oh, scoring the me. goals. Um, <laughs> I mean, with with I Nuri, it's it's pretty obvious he's going to leave. We've signed um, three left backs in the summer um, <laughs> and his agent, George Mendes, and apparently he's told the club that uh, Ait Nori will be, will be leaving this summer. I think he's trying to get him across to the Premier League at some point. So um, yeah, he, he, that's, that's pretty obvious. Santa Maria, um, he has a sort of like a agreement with the club that um, if there is, if he likes a, um, you know, a, a, a proposition that comes in for him, and the club gets, I think it's 50 million euros, um, that it's looking for that he'll leave. I think that that's so crucial, replacing Santa Maria because he has paid, he's papered over the cracks of a a defence and a central defensive partnership that is now, I think, 33 and 34, um, and not replacing at least part of what he does in that team, not replacing it sufficiently, um, will be catastrophically bad. I mean, I'm not saying... It could be as bad as Andre struggling um, to get free of of the the relegation area. Bad. <laughs> it could be that bad. You think, like, the whole team could just, like, fall away without him? Uh, I'm just not sure because because the problem is is that Santa Maria has played literally every game pretty much <laughs> since he's been at the club, and when he's not played on the rare occasions in like a cup game, the defense has been I mean it's not been a full start in eleven but they've been sh- pretty shocking, um, so <laughs> it's going to be interesting to see how I, I I'm not the club isn't even. I can't, I can't even think of any rumours of, of players um, that the club's looking for. I think there has been um, talk amongst, I think there's some of the, the 
sporting director came out and, and Mulan came out talking about it and maybe they're looking to replace a player internally. They've got a few candidates, um, one of which is Lasana Koulibaly, who they signed a few years ago, who's been out on loan a few times. Of um, Rangers esteem. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, I'm not. I'm really not sure about that, to be honest. Uh, another one is uh, uh, Ul Khaled, who was who played one game last season and has been playing the fourth division for the past two seasons. And the other one is 33-year-old um, Pierre Capel, who's sort of a utility man. He just plays anywhere on the pitch, pretty much for Angers. Um, and he's he's such a nice character. I think he he got elected as mayor of a, a small town in the region um, recently, and and apparently he's been looking forward to the challenge of playing as a as um a sort of a, a five or a six or what Santa Maria plays, and apparently he's been giving him tips on it. It would be it would be such a nice story if he was able to to pull that role off, but it takes. I mean, it's a lot of balls from, for the club to try and replace the that such a crucial role um, internally. So we'll have to see how it goes. Mm. Before we move on to to Rams, Uld Khaled, he's he's the tall boy, isn't he? Yes, he's, he's yeah, yeah, tall boy. He's six foot five. He's, boy's massive. Yeah. Um, you remember the game that you saw live last season against Non? Mm. You were very impressed with them, obviously. Yes. You know, yeah, like yeah. we say, it's a it's a big job to to take care of Santa Maria. But if they're going to just chuck someone in who's who's been at, who's at the club already. Would you like that opportunity to be given to Khaled? Because you know he's shown a bit of promise whenever he has played in the team. Yeah, I mean that that game against Nantes, he was really good. He was comfortable on the ball. Um, he's a little bit rash with some of his challenges. But my my, I think the concern is that step up. He's not actually played at this this level. Um, he's only played this level for an hour, and that was it. Mm. Um, but it'd be really good. I mean, he does play. Um, He's played occasionally at centre back for the the uh, reserve teams, and um, it would be interesting to see how he does. I'm not sure he he has sort of the the um, intensity that someone like Santa Maria would would have, um, but for sure he'll he'll definitely be, be playing more in the team. Um, and Angers, even though they have a very old starting lineup, usually they do do produce one or two very good talents from. From the especially the academy in recent years, and uh, mm. on against Bordeaux, they brought on um, Mohamed Ali Cho, who was the first player born in 2004 to play in the in the division, and he only played 15 or so minutes, but he already looks like a. I mean, he signed a contract, a pro, professional contract at 16 years old, and he's already playing the first team. And at Angers, usually you have to be for a young. I mean. Uud Kala was training with the first team for quite a while before he got that start against Nantes. Um, Nore was training at least a year with the first team before he got any game time. So for somebody to come in, sign a contract at 16 years old and have his first mates with a professional the professional team is, um, is very uh, intriguing. So watch out for him. I can already hear George Mendes rubbing his hands together at the proposition <laughs> of the agent fee he's going to get off that. Um, 
Uh, Eric, let's let's look at Rams in this in this game coming into it. Obviously, a fantastic season last year. Got into Europe, uh, which is <clears throat> a massive achievement for them since coming back in to the top tier. What do you think will be their expectation in the in this campaign? Will they just be looking to, you know, leave a mark on Europe, or will there will there still be an, an expectation for success? in the league you know sometimes when when teams have to get used to playing in europe again they have to spread themselves a little bit too thin how, how do you see the season going for rams considering their european exploits this year let's let's see let's see if france get into europe as a reminder europa league ties are one-legged and if they advance to the group stages then squad depth will become an issue but for the moment, it's not. And I think that we have to remember that David Guillon, throughout his time at the club, has proved exceptional at turning players over. You know, we, we look at the, the losses that they've, they've had in terms of defense and, and goalkeeper, but they seem to keep coming up with impressive uh, replacements. And I know that they, they look a little bit blunt in attack, but I think once we see a little bit more from the likes of Alan Barisha and Anastasia Donis, that... We'll get a little bit more coherence and attack from from this side, and they'll they'll be a team that you know can well can they challenge for Europe again? I tend to think no, but I don't think either uh, will survival be an issue. I think that they'll be you know perhaps as we've seen Angers for most of recent history, uh, a defensively sound team that is a little bit toothless in attack. Hmm. And, you know, Rams are a team that kind of build themselves on young talent, especially since they've came back into Ligue 1. A couple of their starlets being Moreto Kasama, who we've already discussed, and also Bully Dia, who on his day can be extremely impressive. Even though they are going to be stretched a little bit thin, Eric, with those players now a year older and more experienced, will that maybe just bring them even more riches than, than they expect? Could they do a little bit better than maybe they expect? If, yeah, if there are steps forward from the likes of Elbalau Torres, another player I would keep an eye on, um, you know, teenage striker, he's uh, just 18. So I, I think that there, if, if there are steps forward from these players, as as we would hope, I think that there there is potential to, con- to continue to improve, but I'm not really holding my breath on, on Rennes finishing higher than maybe 8th or ninth. I just don't think that they have enough in attack I think they had the third worst attack in the, in the league last year, and that was only because, you know, you had Toulouse, who were, you know, nearly historically poor. Um, <laughs> so, I, yeah, I think that unless unless one of their cadre of strikers, whether it's Dia, Torre, uh, Kaiser Heiss, um, can emerge as, as someone who can net 10 or 12 goals, I, I don't see Ross having a very high ceiling because I think that, you know, even with Rykovic being a, a fine keeper and Abdelhamid still there, I think that the loss of Desassi is a is a pretty big one, and I I, I think it's hard for me to imagine uh, them having quite the same level of solidity that they've had in recent seasons, even if they will be still fairly strong. Hmm. But but the thing about Rams, you know, Desassi goes out, but then boom, who who comes in his place to kind of replace him? Who's shown a lot of promise? Would Wout Fies, I don't know how we're pronouncing that. Can I get a pronunciation check on that, Eric? Wout Fies, Wout Fies, the Belgian boy your, came in. Your guess is as good as mine. I don't, I don't. Let's go with that. Let's go. Let's go. Wout Fies. I don't know. That sounds fun. Yeah. Um, you know, you've, you've got him coming in, who's who's gonna do a little bit of work, and you know, showing a little bit of promise. And they also have, uh, what's his face? I, I remember, yeah, Dario Mar- Mar- Maresic 
I only know him because you know he's, he's had some fantastic time in Football Manager recently. He used to have great <laughs> potential of the game years ago. So when it, when he went to Rams, I was like, wow, I feel like I know this guy. I feel like I know him better than better than Rams will. Uh, you know, they've they've got players who can just come in and plug holes. That's the thing I like about Rams. When players leave, the players can just come in and and plug holes and maybe su- surprise a few. Um, to- Thomas, what do you think about El Bilal Touri? You know, he's been on the scene for just about a year now. You know, coming in to the Rams side, especially at the tail end of last season and the good thing about him is on paper I mean you know he's not just been in the team playing here playing 20 minutes he's been starting and he's been scoring what do you think of him I mean it's just another talent coming from Liga um and I think I think he actually first scored against Andre so that's a bit of a harsh memory um but I think he's I'm really uh, very young. I think, is he 18, 19? 18, around 18, about then. Yeah. Um, and it's just really good to see him sort of getting the game time that David Guillaume clearly thinks is a is a good enough player to start um, at this level. And he's, he's, I think he's just really interesting with his his movement. I remember against Monaco, he was him and him and Dia were were a nightmare for for Badia Sheila. And, and disaster. Um, so it was really interesting. I think, it, like Eric said, it might be a little bit too far um, to expect him to produce if if Rouse do get into Europa League. But certainly, a, a, probably another good season for uh, of progression for, for him. Okay, fantastic. And uh, okay, I want to get your score predictions for this one. Obviously, Rams have had a little bit of a tough start to the campaign. I think they're uh, still to win a match. I believe they played Lille and uh, Monaco. Yeah, so they drew against Monaco on the first day and then lost against Lille. But it was it was it was a bit of a difficult start. And you see that they do have quality playing against this on side that you know maybe have their troubles off the pitch, but on the pitch, there's still a lot of interesting players there. Fulgini, Pereira Laja, Thomas, I know you uh, have a lot of love for. Thomas, I'll start with you. How do you see this match going? Do you think your boys can can get the win? They'll be the home side for this one? Um, Honestly, with the... I can't I can't really make a decision because all the stuff that's happened recently just <laughs> just saddened my opinion on um, what's happened to Andre. So I'll say... I'll say a nice, lovely, boring nil-nil draw. Oh, I love it. I love it. I can a taste it fest. already. Yep. <laughs> I can taste it already. Um, Eric, come on, give me some goals. What do you think? Well, that was the words out of my mouth, actually. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I do betting previews for who scored as well, and that was what I put for this match. Um, since I can't say that, um, okay, how how about a goal? Um <laughs> For for Ras, uh, I think that they, uh, you know, Santa Maria is unsettled and doesn't live up to his usual standard in midfield. He's getting impatient for a move and is uh, and doesn't play. Yeah, and and Ras, Ras take a goal on the counter uh, through the pace of of Kona. Mm. It's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be narrow. It's gonna be one of those games, you know what I mean? Where it's like, oh, when someone scores, everyone's just gonna be raging because it's just gonna be one of those super tight matches. I'm agreeing with you boys. I think it's gonna be low scoring. Um, Rams usually are quite good at doing that. Um, so I'm gonna go. I'll agree with you, Eric. I'm, I'm gonna say one 0 win Rams. You know, I'd love to say 
Lois Dione comes on, gets a debut goal for Ronji, overhead kick at the back post. But I don't know. I don't know. If, I just my dreams don't see that happening in real life as much as I'd love it to. Can uh, I so just, uh, by, by, by way of a coda, um, Thomas, do you, I, I don't see Dione as being that big physical archetype that um, in terms of his aerial play that Angers really uh, have gone for in the past. If you think about a player like Diadu, for example, mm-hmm. in the past, um, how do you see this as a good fit? Honestly, um, I'm not really sure about it. It doesn't really make too much sense. Um, I think they've got Dioni's 27, Stefan Bauken's 28, um, Aliyu's if he comes back into the team is 28, I think as well. Uh, I think Dioni was looks like he's going to be more um, flexible in the fact that he has played wider than than not just as a, a central striker um, and players like I mean Ali last season his hold up wasn't very good but his ability to sort of drop deeper and interchange with, with different players was useful um, I just hope that Dione if we can get if we can get some spark of the form he showed at Dijon it, it might just be worth it um, but the wage he was on at, at St Etienne was, I think it was 90,000 euros a month. So I really hope that that has taken a cut, a big cut, because I think the highest paid player at Angers is like 70,000 maybe. Um, so I'm, I'm really not sure about about his signing. Um, it is on a free. I guess that's okay. Um, but I think the attack needed something... A more impressive signing, um, but yeah, I think it's a uh, it's not going to light. Well, it's not going to ignite many many fires. Let's say you never know. The thing is about Dione, I know I know I kind of joke about him, um, but I you know it's not as if you know I I recall him having a really good start to not the season just passed but the season before it. Yeah, yeah. you know, and and showing a lot of you know showing quality and being okay at finishing and and stuff, mm-hmm. you know. I think cause you look at his CV and be like, oh, we're sitting out to Bristol City on loan. And it's like, <laughs> that does inspire you with confidence. But, uh, you know, Andre usually do quite well at getting players to, to play kind of out with their means sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, like uh, Casimir Ninga getting a hat trick. <laughs> yeah, that was his only three goals. <laughs> but he was bloody quality on the day, Thomas. <laughs> bloody quality. Um, okay, gentlemen, uh, I think that's going to wrap us up. Thank you very much for joining me, my two lovely guests for today. If you're looking for more information on all things French football and English, you can go to the website at getfootballnewsfrance.com or you can also check us out on Twitter at GFFN. I've been Lewis McParlin. I've been joined by Thomas Wiseman and Eric Devin. Thank you very much for listening and we'll see you in the next one. <laughs>